Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11 altogether. A good long passage of Scripture. We're not going to read the entire chapter of 57 verses. We see the shortest verse in the Bible, verse number 35, the shortest verse, Jesus wept. We're not going to read down that far. I want to start reading in verse number 20. John chapter 11, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. John chapter 11, starting in verse number 20, the Bible says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whatsoever and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. Look at the end of verse number 26 where the Bible says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asked this question, Believest thou this? He just started talking about the resurrection. Believest thou this? We're going to have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. And I'm going to preach on a short subject this morning. It is about the resurrection, but this subject matter on believe the resurrection. Believe the resurrection. Father, we sure do love you. Thank you again for a risen Savior. Lord, thank you, Lord, as we looked at at the early service today at sunrise, the roller coaster of emotions, Lord, that took place on that first Easter Sunday morning. Lord, as there was fear, there was wondering, there was joy, there was broadcasting of Jesus is alive. The morning truly had come. Lord, I pray as we look throughout the scriptures today, what I believe, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and our lives, Lord, that we would truly believe the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Lord, that you would do a work in our lives that, Lord, wouldn't just be today, but for the days, weeks, and years ahead of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. We're gathered together this morning and we gather every Sunday morning together to celebrate what I believe is the single greatest event in human history. I believe that. There's been many great events we could talk about this morning, all the way back from the beginning of the Bible. We could talk about the creation. We could talk about the flood. 
I was listening to a podcast this week, and we could talk about uh, man walking on the moon. We could walk. We could talk about Independence Day. Boy, that was a great day, wasn't it? How many are thankful for the freedoms that we have today? We're thankful for that. We could talk about your birthday, my birthday. You say that's a pretty good day. It's a great day for my parents when I was born. We could talk about your anniversary. You ought to say that was a great day when you got married. I hope you're not sitting there saying worst day of my life. <laughs> okay? And still married, by the way. Your anniversary, my anniversary. We could talk about the great day even at the starting of Granite State Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for the day that God allowed this church to be able to be established and us to be able to have a, a place to be able to assemble together. But may I remind us that all of these days pale in comparison to the event that we celebrate today. Now, not only is this event we celebrate today, but it's the person that we celebrate today. And according to the Bible, the Savior, who is available to all mankind, died on an old rugged cross a few days ago, but yet... On this morning, almost 2,000 years ago, he was not laying in the grave that he had borrowed a few days earlier. I listened to a song recently, and I'm trying to think of, of who sang. I can't remember. I don't know who wrote it. So if you go Google that and look at it and say, well, pastor, that's not a good piece. I don't know. But the entire subject matter of the song was he came to this earth, they, they borrowed a stable. He borrowed a foal, the colt of a donkey that we read about last week. He borrowed a grave. Everything throughout his life was borrowed. And the Bible says the only thing he purchased was me and purchased you. Everything else that Christ went through, he borrowed it. And even the tomb that they laid him in for three days and three nights, even that tomb was just borrowed. He wasn't going to need it long. Now, listen, we could go back in history. There's many other proofs besides the word of God that attest to the truth of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that he was seen of over 500 brethren at one time. 500 people seeing him after he rose from the dead. Can I remind us, and if you want this list, then we can get them to you or you can look them up. There's at least 10 extra biblical sources and writers from back in the first couple centuries that actually attest and write about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We could look at several things throughout the scriptures. Can I say that the, the Roman empire, the Roman government that was there, they believed that something was going to happen with the body of Christ. That's why they sent the guards and said, make it secure. And they tried their best to be able to secure that grave for those three days and three nights. But can I remind you, they are of no competition whatsoever to the angel of God coming from heaven to be able to toss that stone aside. And the Bible says they fell down as dead men, scared. 
There are several things. They, they tried to spread the rumor that someone came and took the body of the Lord Jesus. Can I say that was never confirmed? If that would have been confirmed, listen, every one of them Roman soldiers would have had to sacrifice and pay for it with their life. And you really think some, some body snatchers would come and fight those Roman guards that were there to be able to try to roll that stone away, to be able to steal the body of Christ? May I remind us that they also had the 12 disciples and apostles. Paul came in later on, and it was said of this, it said that those 12 that were there, including the apostle Paul, that saw the resurrected Christ, for the next 40 years they preached about Jesus. And it was a man, some of you may have heard of him, of uh, Charles Colson. We know him as Chuck Colson. But Charles Colson gave the testimony years ago. He said it was the, the 12 apostles afterwards, he said, that actually helped lead me to the truth of the resurrection. And then he said this. He said it was the 12 apostles. He said, and then the Watergate scandal. You say, what do you mean? How did that help lead them? He said, listen, the 12 apostles after Jesus rose from the dead, counting the apostle Paul, they literally went everywhere preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They preached about the resurrection. They preached about that life-changing event. And every one of them being martyred for their faith never once recanted on what they believed about the resurrection. He said, fast forward to the Watergate scandal. He said, you had 12 that within a matter of three weeks, they couldn't keep their story straight. He said, and every one of them caved in and said, it's all a hoax and there's lies abounding everywhere. He said, you would think, he said, with everything that the first century church suffered and went through, that if that was just a big hoax, you would have thought that one of them would have said, it's not true. He said, but they went to the grave believing that Jesus, who was crucified, buried, and rose again, is alive today. Oh, yes, my friend. I believe that physically the Lord Jesus Christ got up from that grave and came out, and I believe he was gone long before that stone was rolled away. Because if he could show up what was read by Scripture in Scripture this morning and just appear in the midst of those disciples gathered in the upper room, listen, he would have no problem getting out of that grave. If you still don't believe the resurrection, you say, well, Peter and John, they were eyewitnesses. They stepped in there and they saw all the, the grave clothes laying there. So you really think someone's going to go in and steal a body and take the time to be able to wrap all the linen back up so it looks like the body's still there. I don't know anybody that's ever gone in and stole anything that tried to make it look like they were never there if they're just trying to get away with it. And we see this believing the resurrection. Let me ask you something this morning, and you don't have to answer to me. It's something, it's a question that every person has to answer in their heart before the Lord. Do you believe the resurrection? Jesus asked the question here in verse number 26, Believest thou this? 
If you do believe it, then may I say it makes a difference in our lives if we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. You say, how does it make a difference? Let me share a few things. First of all, I want you to see the comfort that we have from the resurrection. The comfort from the resurrection. You say, what do you mean? Back in John chapter number 11, I want you to see what was taking place here in verse number 19. Well, before we get to verse number 19, let me set the stage. At the beginning of chapter number 11, word comes to the Lord Jesus that his dear friend Lazarus has come down sick. His dear friend whom he loved, he had spent time with him, with Lazarus and Mary and Martha, some of the dearest friends that the Lord Jesus Christ had on this earth. And word comes to the Lord Jesus that he's sick. He tarries there four days, and by the time the Lord Jesus Christ shows up, Lazarus has died. Not only has he died, but they have actually had the funeral service and they have buried him. They've rolled the stone in front of him, in front of the tomb, and now Jesus comes walking into town. But in verse number 19, I want you to see this. It says, and many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha, look at this, to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, just like many of us, if you've ever had a loved one that has passed away or you know someone whose loved one has passed away, you'll do your best to be able to go to them or they'll come to you and they'll try to give comfort to you throughout this time of grieving and heartache that you're going through. But I want you to see the next verse where we started reading in verse number 20. You see, the Jews came to comfort Mary and Martha, but I want you to see in verse number 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. You know why? Because I believe that there was just something about the comfort that she knew that they would be able to receive from the Lord Jesus Christ that they were not able to get from all the other people that were around them. And we understand, listen, we can do our human best to be able to comfort people and someone passes away and sometimes we may not know what to say except to be able to sit there and just be present with them. But we know, listen, if you're a child of God, we understand that there is a comfort that the Holy Spirit of God can give to each and every one of us that no human being can ever impart unto us that only can be given by God Almighty. The Jews came to comfort, but as soon as Jesus was come, Martha said, I'm going to him. And then she comes back and she tells Mary, the master's come and calleth for thee. Guess what Mary does? She gets up from where she's at and she goes to the Savior. And it's in the context of the resurrection here in John chapter number 11. Now, may I also remind us, and I'll share a few other verses with us. The Bible teaches us over in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church and the saints there at Thessalonica, and he says in verse number 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring, bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Speaking of resurrection. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And verse number 18 says this, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort with what words? Comfort that there is a resurrection. Comfort that there is a better and brighter day that's coming. Comfort that we understand that this life is not all that there is, that there is something greater after this life. Turn back with me if you can. We'll spend a few moments here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Don't lose your place. We'll come back and finish up in John chapter 11. We're talking about the comfort of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, all the way down in verse number 19 says this, If in this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, can I remind you today, I'm not living a miserable life. And if we understand the resurrection and the very day that we are celebrating right now, the resurrection of our Savior, listen, you do not have to live a miserable life because the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And yes, we preach it. Yes, we celebrate it. Yes, we sing about it. You know why? Because listen, I don't want to be miserable. But if this life is all we have, I've known some people that have had some pretty horrible lives. And if this is all they have, it's no wonder they're going through life miserable. But can I say the hope and the comfort that we have because of the resurrection? Listen, we don't have to be miserable. We can take comfort in that. But then second of all, can I remind us of this? Not just the comfort from the resurrection, but the certainty of the resurrection. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know about that too much. Do you understand that the Bible says here, in, back in John chapter 11 and verse number 25, he says, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you understand there's a certainty, and, and keep your place there. I'm, I'm back and forth between 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. There's the certainty of it. You say, well, I just don't believe that someone can raise from the dead. Well, the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 12 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead... How say some among you that there's no resurrection of the dead? In other words, the message is being preached. If it's being preached, how can you not believe it? That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is saying. If, if it be preached that Jesus, that Christ rose from the dead, how say some among you that there's no resurrection? Well, pastor, that's just not possible. It's not impossible. You say, why is that? 
because the Bible teaches it. You say, well, that's just a book that's been written by man. If I would ask today some that are of the most staunch disbelief crowd, I don't believe in the resurrection. I don't believe someone rose from the dead. doesn't matter what that Bible says. If I were to ask you who the first president of the United States of America was, I wonder how many would be able to tell me that it was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, you're chuckling? It's not Abraham Lincoln? So who was it? It was George Washington. How do you know that? Did you ever meet him? Were you there? to be able to shake his hand and he him introduce himself to you and say, I am George Washington. I'm the first president of the United States. Welcome to Philadelphia. Did anybody ever meet him? But yet we all believe it, don't we? You say, well, that's just part of history. Well, how, go back, how about going back and reading the 10 extra biblical accounts that actually talk about Jesus raising from the dead? And listen, it's not that the Bible agrees with them, but they all agree with the Bible. You see, the Bible was the first one to be able to give us the eyewitness account that Jesus rose from the dead. You say, Pastor, that's outside this realm. Yes, it is. It is supernatural. It is God that raised Jesus from the dead. We have the certainty of the resurrection. And because Jesus rose from the dead, guess what? I have the assurance, according to the scripture, that there is a day coming that if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, here's what the Bible says, starting in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 14. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is in vain. Can I say, I'm not preaching empty this morning. That word vain means empty and meaningless of no substance. And if Christ isn't risen, then listen, my preaching's in vain. And I'm just up here with empty and idle words. But can I say this? I know a whole lot more deep down in my soul. And it's not empty this morning. I know that I serve a risen Savior. And if my preaching is empty this morning, can I say this? Your faith is empty this morning. Your faith is empty. Now listen, there are those this morning that are probably living an empty and a vain life and nothing is ever fulfilling that. Can I say this? Believing in what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us at this time when he died on the cross, was buried and rose again. Listen, that'll put something inside of you that'll fill that empty spot inside your life tired of living an empty and a vain life and trying to believe in everything and it never brings any satisfaction. Listen, I'll tell you this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, he brings a satisfaction. He brings a contentment. He brings a fulfillment that nothing in this world can ever offer. The certainty of the resurrection. There is a day coming. Verse number 15 of that same passage says, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, listen, your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins. How many are thankful for the assurance we have from the Scriptures 
It's not in vain today. It's not false. Listen, I'm not getting up and I'm not being a a false witness today. I'm not getting up and telling fairy tales. I believe it as much as you're looking at me and I'm looking at you that, listen, there's a Savior that died and took every one of our sins upon his body, paid the penalty for it, and got up and walked out of the grave three days later. I'm thankful for the Savior that we serve. There's comfort that comes from the resurrection. Listen, those that have passed on before me, and I know that they're in Christ. Listen, there's coming a day that they're going to raise with Christ. There's a certainty of it. I know that just as much as I'm standing here. I believe in the resurrection. Then can I say what I just did in making that statement is there is the confession of the resurrection. The confession of the resurrection. You say, what do you mean? I said it this morning, you cannot separate the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Any gospel, any message that tries to go forth that, listen, Jesus died on the cross, but it does not include the resurrection is an incomplete gospel. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Listen, it is, it is that simple. The confession of the resurrection. You say, I have a hard time believing that. Listen, it's no harder to believe that one man paid for my sin And if one man could take the entire penalty of my sin that separates me from Almighty God, it's not too much more to believe he just rose from the dead. And listen, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's in heaven today. You say, well, do you you got witnesses for that? Yes, go back and read. Go back and read. They never could propagate the lie that someone came and took his body. There's a whole lot more to it also that would be able to testify against it. I'll give you this. Do you understand when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the graves opened up. Do you understand for the next three days at graves all around that area that there were people and family members and friends that were probably standing guard because the graves of their loved ones had just opened up and they were probably standing guard to keep wild animals from going into those graves and going after those bodies. Do you understand how many people they would have had to get in on the lie? To say someone came and took that body? No. Listen, it is simpler to just believe what the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Scriptures say, that he died according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again according to the Scriptures. The confession of the resurrection. Do you believe the resurrection? Now listen, I'm not talking now about the event. Go back with me to John chapter 11. Do you believe the resurrection? John chapter 11 and verse number 25, I want you to see this. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. He's not talking about the event. 
He's talking about himself. And so when I asked the question this morning, listen, he asked it in verse number 26, believest thou this? Let me ask you something. Do you believe the resurrection? You say, well, someone raising from the dead? No. Can I put it simply? Do you believe Jesus? That's really what it boils down to when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not a matter of believing someone can just get up out of the grave and walk away. It's a matter of believing, as it says in verse number 25, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm not talking now about raising from the dead, but the person who is the resurrection, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, when you say, I don't believe the resurrection, what you're simply saying is, I don't believe Jesus. Oh, pastor, I'd, I'd never say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I believe Jesus. If we believe Jesus, we believe the resurrection. Because guess where we have the message of the resurrection from? Jesus. Can I put it simply as this this morning? Jesus came to this earth. He was born of a virgin. We celebrate that at Christmas time. Lived on this earth for about 33 and a half years. A few days ago, as it was celebrated, the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, died on an old rugged cross. Why did he do that? He died to be able to pay for your sin and mine. He paid for that. You see, every one of us are sinners. Most of the time, we don't have a problem admitting that. Every one of us have done things wrong. There's no one sitting here this morning that's perfect. Just go ahead and ask, have you ever told a lie? <laughs> you, ever, you ever done something wrong? Hey, we're sinners. You know why we do that? It's by nature. That, that's who we are. We're sinners by nature, and that sin separates us from God. And do you understand, as long as we're separated from God, we will never have completeness and fulfillment in our lives as long as we're separated from Him. You say, well, how do I get to Jesus? How do I get back to God? Is it my good works? Is it coming to Granite State Baptist Church? Just tell me what I need to do to get to God. The message is here at Granite State Baptist Church because the message of the Bible. You see, if your good works could save you and get you to heaven for all of eternity, then why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to suffer and go through all of that? Just go back and, and read about what he suffered. Go back and, and I know that Hollywood, listen, everything, that's a Hollywood presentation. Remember that it's a Hollywood presentation. But go back and try to get a glimpse of what Jesus went through for each and every one of us. They don't even come close to comparing and depicting what Christ went through for us. And you think he would go through all of that? But then look at us and say, well, you can just work your way. Why don't you join the church and you can get there? No, Jesus wouldn't have to go through all of that. You see, the truth of the matter is that it's only found in Jesus. It's not found in me. It's not found in my good works. I cannot accomplish anything to be able to get me to heaven but Jesus. That's why he said twice in the New Testament that it's not of works. It's not of anything that we do that we're going to get to heaven and God says, oh, you were good enough to be able to get there. 
No, because then we'd have room to be able to boast. We'd be able to say, well, I did more good works than Caleb did. I did more good works than Mike did. No, we can't, we can't do that. Every one of us, when we get to heaven, by the grace of God, we're going to have to say, how'd you get here? Got here by Jesus. Every one of us getting there the same way is trust in Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And you may be sitting here this morning and say, that's what I'm missing. You're missing Jesus in your life. Can I say he's available to you today? That's what the celebration of Jesus is all about, is that we have access to God now because of Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, listen, that can be taken care of today by simply calling upon the name of the Lord, as we quoted in the Scripture, Romans chapter number 10. But for those of us that are saved, do you believe the resurrection? You say, of course, if I'm, if I'm saved, I had to believe the resurrection. Do you believe the person? When he actually says that you have the same power living in you, that raised Jesus from the dead. Which means, do you believe Jesus when he says that we can live victorious today? Do you believe Jesus when he says you can have victory in your life today? Do you believe the resurrection? Do you believe when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Simply believe in Jesus. Listen, all life is found in him. All life Do you believe the resurrection? 